0: Hi there, my name is John Paul Kermy. I am a breathwork teacher. I train people on how to teach breathwork as well. I'm really excited to be doing this new podcast with my good friend Feldy called Hangups, where we're gonna help you change your life. We're gonna show
1: you how to transform your life with different tools. That's right, I'm John Feldman. I'm in a band called Goldfinger. John Paul taught me breathwork. It changed my life. I have struggled with anxiety and depression throughout my life, and I've gotten through it. This is a solution-based show. We're talking about solutions to problems
2: today,
1: Yeah. Hello, everybody. My name is John Feldman. I am the lead singer of the band Goldfinger, and this is my co-host John Paul Creamy. Hi, John Paul. He's a a breathwork teacher, among many other things. And this is my good friend over here, Glenn Holmes, who is Also
2: known as John Feldman. Oh yeah, on your screen
1: it says my name. He also is part of Box and Burn Academy, which is the biggest boxing fitness gym in the world, right?
2: Box and Burn, there's two gyms in LA. Yeah, one of the first boxing fitness gyms. Since then, we have a, an academy as well, which is like a certification course for personal training. So, I guess the world's first online boxing fitness certification, you could call it. Glenn Holmes, the, the oh, most
1: handsome yeah. man in my lounge. And my good friend underneath me here, Josh Dunn, the drummer of 21 Pilots, and has the best hair on this phone call without, without a shadow of a doubt.
3: I don't know. Pretty sure <laughs> I know about, about all the all hair. It. Great to be here.
1: Where are you? I'm in Los Angeles.
3: I traveled for a little bit. It's a crazy time to travel. It's also interesting to see what other states are doing and the temperature of of the pandemic is around the country. And it's it's different in each state.
1: Are you in your studio right now?
3: Yes, I am. And I got some espresso just in honor <laughs> of you. I brought caffeine in into
1: proceedings as well. Perfect. I watermelon Red Bull, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Um, So I was just thinking about the first time I met you, Josh. I mean, it must have been, it was years ago now, right? 2013, 2014, maybe? Yeah. I mean, my guess is it was probably six, yeah, probably six years ago. My friend, Caleb, who's from Columbus, Ohio, who also Mm -hmm. is the guy that coined the term Calabasas instead of Calabasas, because that's how we we pronounced our name. Caleb from from Beartooth. He was like, I just wrote with this guy, this local kid named Tyler, and I think he's an amazing songwriter. And I think you should write a song with him. I forget what was the name of the song that we were working on. It was like an early.
3: There was something to do with like Thai tea. Uh, I think you like introduced Tyler to his first Thai T.
1: Where did I see you? You had your warm up routine. What was it back then? Yeah. Well, we've been doing that. We've been doing the uh, putting
3: drums on yeah just basically a piece of plywood for longer than probably people realize yeah you came all the way out to cleveland i remember it was winter yeah i mean that that was a tiny tiny club probably like 200 people i'm thankful for those kind of like beginning days where we were able to kind of just work stuff out and see if some of these like stunts would work if they would work in in a place like that then there's a good chance that they would work in a in a larger setting which was kind of that was our goal to get to get bigger play play in front of more people and yeah that was that was probably one of the craziest times of our lives a lot going on uh and it was it was scary because we were two guys from columbus ohio who didn't know really anything about the music industry but um we knew that we liked playing shows and and writing music and man you've been supportive ever since and so i thank you for that and Thanks for getting me into boxing and into breath work, so. <laughs>
1: it's all a circle, yeah. and I was, I was just thinking too, like you, I know when you were growing up, you were a fan of um, Blink-182. I mean, I've known you longer than I've known Glenn. I mean, I met Glenn through Travis. Glenn was training Travis at the time, and so during, during that album, we would train with Skiba, Hoppus, and Travis, like all kind of different times because they all had different schedules, but it was just so crazy kind of how i met glenn and then we immediately bonded over music you know over bad religion over rancid and all these bands and and i think did you you used to tour manage messed one of my bands back in the day or something
2: uh it was chris met shore um i went on the road with them just like for them throughout the midwest and we just talked a lot about like show off and you like finding them and recording and producing them and all that kind of stuff and i was a huge mess fan obviously a big goldfinger fan and all that but it was interesting when we first met at the gym and we boxed. It was like kind of the common bond. I was like, Oh, yeah, I went out on, on tour with Chris. And, and you were like, what? That was like, really weird, like kind of story. But
1: Chris used to have to wear a girdle on stage because he had a bad, he had a bad back. So yeah. it was great for you. I don't know if you were training, you weren't training back then, were you?
2: I was like, still about a good five, six years away from like being in fitness as a profession. Yeah.
1: And how did you transition from tour managing bands?
2: To I never tour managed bands. Don't, don't, don't make me sound more glamorous. <laughs> uh, what, were you, what were you doing with Chris? My, just helping him out? I just wanted to just do something like related to music, yeah. Like all my friends had gone to university in England. I was like not interested in it. I just wanted to come to California and be in, involved with music in some way. I, got, I interned at Warner Brothers. Like American Idiot came out and Avenged Sevenfold were huge and that whole time period. I was interning at Warner brothers then I got a, a job at a marketing agency in Hollywood and I was just doing that. I was like my, my, my job, um, working for like, uh, some majors hired them and they gave us like all their really low priority projects. So I was just sat in an office all day doing digital marketing for records that I just did not care about. And then it just kind of switched. Like I was like, I don't want to be in an office doing nine to five anymore. I want to, you know, be active. I want to be out and about running and all that kind of stuff. So I just, yeah, my passions just totally switched and fitness and boxing just completely took over. Didn't really think I was gonna have a career doing that until uh, I met Tony Jeffries, the owner of Box and Burn. He kind of encouraged me to pick up the training side and hold mitts and train people. And I started building up clientele that way and teaching group classes and just kind of learning on the job, really. Just absolutely loved it. Didn't want to do anything else. So since then, that's all I've really done. I remember um, I was training Travis a lot then I just remember one day at the gym, we were doing a lap around the gym to warm up. And he's like, oh, I should bring Feldi, in. He he'd love this. I remember the first time you walked into the gym and I, I was like, going to wrap your hands, whatever. I was like, have you done any boxing before? And you're like, and you, the first thing you said was, uh, I've never had a fight. I've never been punched and I've never punched anybody. And I was like, it's all right. We're not going to be punching anyone. Don't worry about it. I had but no yeah. idea what to expect, man. I was like going into this really? thing. and That's, that's what a lot of people who come to the gym, they're like, I'm going to do boxing. Like, what am I going to be doing? I'm going to be getting punched. And it's like, we, we had to try and create this like middle thing where it was like legitimate training, but where you're learning like a new skill, but it's not like you're getting punched and it's not kind of just, you know, gimmicky cardio. It's like real training. So that's kind of how we like got really popular pretty quick was being able to fuse the two.
1: I forget the first time that we all trained together. I invited you in, right? Josh. I'm like, I think you'd like this. I just remember thinking like you're just such a fit. You've always seemed like a fitness guy to me.
3: Well, I, I haven't always been a fitness guy. And, and I think that when we started touring, I kind of had the mentality that I like wanted to like save my energy for the show. And so I just wouldn't do anything at all. Like I, I would just kind of like sit around all the time uh, just waiting to play. But then my sort of introduction was I started feeling more and more anxiety in my life. And I think that's where that's when I started running, then also found that subsequently helped with playing drums and the performance. And I just felt better. I felt better mentally, but also physically and realized at a pretty young age that I definitely needed to add something into my routine if I wanted to be able to play drums the way that I enjoy playing drums for a long time. So it began with running. And that was uh, that was a really therapeutic and uh, life changing thing maybe I had been running for like a year, and then you hit me up and asked me to um, come box. And I think I had tried boxing like once or twice. So I think that the few times that I went, it was, it just kind of felt discouraging. I think getting into it with a friend and somebody like you, who, by the way, I feel like you just, you have something about you to where you're just like, come and do this thing. And, and most people are like, all right, I've never done it, but I'll try <laughs> it, I'm in. The first time training, I, I feel like Glenn just had a really great way of kind of easing into boxing, you know, because also I think the idea of starting boxing is like, it just sounds fun. That can be the tricky thing too, is uh, realizing that there's a, a lot of things that you need to kind of like discuss or go over before you can just kind of like get in the ring with somebody or just start hitting mitts. And that was one thing that I really uh, admired about about um the beginning days of of starting to train with you, Glenn, um, is how you were uh, really patient, um, but also kind of allowed both John and I to just have fun uh, right off the bat. And then, and then, um, you know, four or so years later, I think we're we're still dialing in uh, some of the technique and the fundamentals, and 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 getting that stuff better. And it's kind of just a, a never ending quest to be a better boxer. That was something that I, that I loved. I, I felt like it was just a, it was cathartic in kind of this, in, in very similar ways to um, how drumming is. I really started to love it. And then, you know, we kind of just started uh, doing it twice a week or more, depending on how we felt. And it's just, it's, that's never been something that I've not wanted in my kind of weekly routine.
1: Speaking of not punching anybody in the head, remember the first time I accidentally punched you in the head? <laughs> yeah. Was, we were in my studio and I like, I slid off your shoulder and, and, I, and I got your chin and I knocked your, the hat off your head. I, and I, I, I still feel bad for that. I love you, I'm oh. so sorry.
2: I love, I love how you got the first time I punched you in the head. We were in my studio. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Not like in the gym or boxing. In the gym. Yeah, we were in the
1: studio. Yeah. 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 You uh, got me back, though. Remember that one time you got me in the nose and I was ble- That one time you, you you gave me a bloody nose? That was great. Yeah. I love that.
2: Josh,
0: one of the things that you touched on when you were just talking, I thought was amazing that was one of the reasons I wanted to do this podcast with Feldi where you said, you know, I was feeling a lot of anxiety and I started to run. The reason that one of the reasons we're doing this is to, to, to normalize that kind of thing where peop, everybody's struggling with anxiety and depression and stress and all this different stuff out there. But nobody's talking about it, you know, and and I feel like if we talked about it a little more like, you know what, I was feeling anxiety, and I started to box, I started to run, I started to do breath work, whatever, we would give people tools out there to use, because we're all, you know, we all suffer from something, we all struggle with something, you know, so I love that you said that, that you shared that. Thank you.
3: Yeah, you know, and I think that John kind of unknowingly introduced me to two really big things that. Course corrected my relationship with anxiety. I think that breath work is is so much more powerful than I realized um, going into it because I think even when things started to kind of like ramp up a little bit more with anxiety, if you do even just a little bit of light research, uh, people will just kind of recommend like taking deep breaths or uh, or or just being mindful of your breathing, and and that can kind of uh, deescalate. Um, a little bit. Getting introduced to your practices was something that I had, I had never experienced before. I like very vividly remembered uh, laying on Feldy's living room floor with like four other dudes uh, going through your, I think it was like the, the medium length um, version of, of your breath work. And, uh, and the way that, that John set it up, I was just like, what am I in for? Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, again, the way that he, he does things, I'm kind of just like, all right, I'm down.
2: Yeah. Uh, yeah.
3: And, and if you can kind of open yourself to that, um, that sort of journey that is literally just inhaling and exhaling and in, in a, uh, specific way, it can be life-changing. So it, I, I think it's really powerful and, and really important and something that I continue to do. Just to, no, you
1: know, it's,
0: it's, it's hard to understand that like something you've been doing your entire life, breathing, you can lay on the floor and do it in a different way, in a way that somebody's never shown you before and it's gonna have all these incredible effects on you, right, and the first time I did it, I mean, how is this, how have I not known about this? Like, why didn't somebody show this to me when I was 14 and I was
1: suicidal or miserable, you know, so. What was it like for you, Glenn, first time we did it?
2: Um, Like, really, really surreal. I remember you sent me uh, John's stuff on iTunes was really surprised by how difficult it was like how much concentration was required. And there's no kind of like, Oh, I can't like drift off and think about this where all I have to think about is like breathing. And you, like you said, something you've done all your life without thinking about it. And then all of a sudden you've got to zone in on it and stay with it for like 15, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, whatever it is, just concentrate on that one thing. And it's similar. I was going to say it's kind of similar to boxing. Like when you're just in it, you're concentrating on that one thing that's it and then it's the same with like the breath work the meditation you're concentrating on that one thing and it's when you've been concentrating on one thing that you know is good for you on a physical level for for like a good 20 minutes 30 minutes however long it is when you come out of that you just feel amazing because you're like i was just zoned into something that like made me feel great every time i try and describe this to somebody when
1: they when they come in i'm like yeah we're gonna so you're gonna, you know, one breath uh, in your stomach and one breath, you know, which is kind of describing the two breath process. And then yeah. you're gonna, your hands are gonna maybe turn into lobster claws and your your mouth is gonna like peek out. People are like, people start freaking. They're like, what the fuck are you putting in my, <laughs> in my water? Like, what am I gonna have that's gonna <laughs> be like, You know, and and, and you're definitely going to cry. If you don't cry, there's something wrong with you or something. I don't see that, but I'm like, and you know what? Most people do cry, and it's like, I've written some of the best songs after breathwork sessions. I think, I mean, Josh, you and I have written a a bunch with outside, with other artists, and we've done breathwork a lot before songwriting sessions, right?
3: Yeah, it definitely, um, yeah, I will say that's that's a good point too. I think, yeah, the, the crying thing, it really can take you to kind of a different um <clears throat> mental and, and emotional place and um and i've and oh, yeah of course i've i've cried multiple times during the thing uh, which is why i want you to explain it a little bit because i i you know to, to people and like you know why that happens
0: yeah i mean listen the first time i did it was the most powerful experience i've ever had in my life i mean i released just years and years of stuff and When you breathe this way, you're breathing in your sympathetic nervous system, right? So when you breathe through your nose, it's parasympathetic. That's rest and digest. When you breathe through your mouth, it's sympathetic. It's fight or flight. So you're breathing into your fight or flight nervous system. And I personally believe, there's no science to back this up yet. They're working on it. I personally believe that that's where all the trauma is stored. That's where all the stuff that's happened to us in our lives. And you, you might be like, well, I didn't have anything happen to me. Well, that doesn't matter because trauma is passed on through generations now. Science has proven that. There have been studies that they've done that have proven that your parents' trauma is literally passed on to you and their parents' trauma is passed on. And um, I mean, there's crazy stuff that I could talk about where they shock a mouse and they, they spray cherry blossom spray and then they keep shocking it and spraying the spray and then they do that. To the generations, 15 generations later, they just spray the cherry blossom spray, and that mouse has a reaction from that that other mice don't have, which is incredible. So they know and they you know they know that mothers that were pregnant at 9-11, the babies were born with higher cortisol levels than other babies that were born at that time. So trauma is passed on generational. So you don't have to cry. Not everybody cries when, when they do it, but a lot of times it's this big emotional release. I had like, I don't know, 30 years, 35 years of stuff that was just built up inside of me. And I, I cried like I've never cried before. The first couple months I did it, I cried a lot. And I just let all this stuff out. And I wasn't, I mean, people were like, man, you seem different. Like what's going on with you? I didn't even want to tell people what was going on with me. I was like embarrassed about it, you know, because I was a trainer. I was a personal trainer at the time in Gold's Gym in Venice, California, the mecca of like ego and bodybuilding. I'm from Boston originally, you know, like tough guys don't cry and you know, you don't, you don't let people know. And now it's like, now I've studied so much that I, when people tell me like, oh, it's the first time I've cried in three years. I'm like, dude, you're gonna make yourself sick. That's like saying that's the first time I've, I've gone to the bathroom in three years. What are you crazy? Like <laughs> crying is a necessary emotion. You are supposed to cry. You are supposed, and not only that, but there's a chemical that's released in your body that actually strengthens your immune system when you cry. So it's actually really good for you to cry. And so there's a reason we cry. We have everything our body does is a reason for it. You know, there's, it's not just by mistake. It's not just like you know, there's this incredible design of a, the human body and the liver detoxifies everything. But crying is just this weird thing that happens by accident because you're a wuss. You know what I mean? Like that—that's not how it works. Like laying on the floor, doing this thing, just breathing. The focus of it, the focus on one thing, one task, is shuts your mind down. It's a thing called transient hyperfrontality, and it literally can shut off part of your frontal lobe, which is the ego, the ego part of your lobe, which is a critic that we all have. And I love breathwork because it shuts it off for me, and I've seen it do it for a lot of people. And uh, Feldy was like my first experiment. Like he was the first guy I did it on,
1: uh, and and it was great. It was great to, ha- to be able to take him through that. Um, you know, It is a funny thing, crying. Like, I was watching Star Wars the other day, and, you know, at the end of the movie, when everyone, you know, from all these different walks of life in the universe, they all get their awards. Like, you know, Chewbacca and, and Han Solo and Luke Skywalker get awarded from Princess Leia. And it was like, I just, the music comes on. Dun, da-da-dun, da-da-dun, dun. And I, was, I just started... I just started hysterically crying. Like I couldn't even stop it. I was like, oh, because it's like thinking about my past and seeing that movie with my dad, who's, who's you yeah. know, mm-hmm. passed away a while and all these moments come up and I'm crying. I'm not just crying because just because of the music or just because of the movie, it's all these other things that are kind of t- I'm tapped into. And my son, every time I'm about to cry, I think I just like, you get that hitch in your throat where you're like, you know, whatever. And my son every time is like, dad's about to cry. Dad's about to cry. And I'm like, and it's like this thing that like, it just, you're not walking around. You're not at a restaurant having a date and you don't see people crying really ever. I mean, it's a very personal thing when you get emotional about something. And it is, it is strange to discuss with other men because when I was growing up, I mean, I never saw I never saw my father cry, you know? And the way I feel like when I've tapped into this breath work and I've had that experience that we've, we've been talking about where it just opens me up to this whatever, you know, trauma is coming up, I feel so good afterwards. It's like, and it's, it's incredible, like the stress relief and just feeling more connected with the moment, all that kind of stuff. It feels so good, like why, would anyone have ever shamed me for for crying it's a weird thing
0: yeah 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 there's an incredible documentary about that called the mask we live in which is what we do to little boys uh oftentimes growing up where we tell them like oh don't be a wimp, don't cry be a man be a man like it's this thing that happens and, and you know it's sort of been passed down through generations and it's starting to
1: change but you know, I think that we're, we're changing. I think that we're changing as a society when my son had a pet, you know, early on when my son's pet died, it was like, you know, and he, and I could tell he wanted to cry and I'm just like, Julian, it is, you please cry. Like it is so necessary when you're sad to cry. And, and he just let it out and I just held him. And my son cries when, I mean, he does, he cries when he feels the need. And I feel like we're breaking that cycle, I hope. You know, the interesting thing you were sharing earlier, Josh, was just the idea that like you're going to save your energy for later on in the show. And I'm sure that, um, I'm sure Glenn can talk to this as well. I found having Glenn on tour with me, we, we I've had him on tour in England and I've had him on tour in Australia is the, the more we train, the more during the day, the more energy I have during the show and the other guys in my band would be like, no, I want to, I want to save my energy. But like, what, what have you found Glenn, as far as like, you know, kind of energy and that sort of stuff?
2: Well, it's interesting. The first time, uh, I was on tour with Josh, I like kind of planned it all out and scheduled it all out. We'll do this on this day. And I looked at the days where they had days off and, uh, where they didn't have days off. And I was like, okay, on the days off, we can uh, we can push it hard, we can train it whatever time you want. Um, there's a lot of different things to think about um, as far as like, are you rested enough, getting sleep, that kind of thing. Because for you, Josh, you've got to be like at your peak and on it at 8.30, 9.00 p.m. every night. I put a lot of effort into it in the first four. We uh we, we
0: it's just we trained, keep dropping me off!
2: What? Uh, we trained earlier- I don't know what
0: day. the fuck to do! <laughs>
2: John, John
0: Paul. So so fucking fucked right now.
2: I love it. John, John, you're still on. Oh, you can
1: hear me? You can hear me? We can hear hear you. We can hear you now, buddy. Dude, I need some rap
0: work. I need some pole plunge. I mean this fucking thing, man. It's never been this bad. Like, I I had a class on Sunday at 200 people in the room and it dropped me out. And I was like, oh my God, like I'm teaching, like, I'm, and and it just keeps doing it. And um, yeah, this, and I try to tell people like, I, I need the breath work more than anyone. That's why I fucking do it. Like I'm the guy who needs it the most.
3: Like when I
0: was in LA, I would drive to a class and I would take the 101 to the 405 to the fucking 10. And then I would get there and then I'd be like fighting with someone over a parking space to get to the class on time. And it would take me like two hours to get to the class. And then I'd get in the room and I'd be like, I almost just choked a guy out in the parking lot. But don't worry, I'm going to put gratitude and love in your heart right now.
2: Yeah. You know? yeah. So, yeah, just uh, about the time of day of training on the road, that's, uh, just to go back to that. We were training earlier in the day and then I was like, oh, I want you to let, let's see how we feel but then john when i came on on tour with you in england you were training probably like an hour before you would go on stage it's the total opposite you were like get we'd go to we'd get to the venue box for like 30 minutes and then like you'd be like on stage like within 45 minutes an hour later used it you used it to try and fire you up right yeah for sure so then the second time i was out with josh um we tried we tried that approach of like training a little bit later (laughs) And uh, I think that worked, right, Josh, the, the second time where we trained a little bit later. Oh, so man. I kind of just sleep and rest for most of the day on a show day and then train closer to showtime to try and, like, kick everything into gear. I think that, that worked a little bit better.
3: Yeah, yeah. So we, we, uh, we, tried, the, uh, we tried multiple things. And 9 p.m., uh, I, I like to look at it as sort of midday for me um, because I don't really want to play a show, like, feeling like it's the end of the day. So yeah, I think kind of like uh, allowing myself to sort of like wake up and and get through the day a little bit um, was super helpful. And John, you and I are a little bit different with that, I think. And we've, we've kind of like had conversations about this because I think that you like you do like to just kind of like get up and go.
1: My whole sleep schedule changed having kids, and I, you know I'm just up now. And now I love getting up early, but it, in the in the beginning I hated it. But for me, it's like if I my anxiety's worse, it, my anxiety's worse right when I wake up. That's when it's the worst. And when I first when I first get up, it's like I have to get into action immediately. But for me, I need to do it early. So when Glenn was on the road with me, I I just needed
2: to train. I needed to train early. Mm, yeah. <clears throat> I remember, um, like, because I'm the same as you, John, I'm, like, up up and out, like, 5.36 every day. I'm, like, oh, I've got to be productive. I'm, like, a, kind of addicted to being productive. So then, Josh, when we're on the road, like, I'd be, we'd be waking up, like, 1, 2 p.m. And I'd be, like, wake up and I'd see the time. And for, like, the first 30 minutes of my day, every day I'm just, like, mega anxiety. Like, oh, my God. I've missed like this and missed that it's, it's three o'clock in the afternoon. I've just woke up, you know, just, it was just uh, takes a, a massive adjustment to get used to that feeling of being awake in the afternoon. It's coming off stage. It's, it's really
3: hard to wind down after something like that because um, one, it's, it is, it, it is a workout. Um, you know, it's like a two hour workout. You're, you're basically kind of just uh, you're, you're thrown in a position that I feel like is, is pretty abnormal. I know that kind of coming off of that, I, I I definitely need time to kind of just like cool down. Um, and so I usually just go to back to my dressing room with pretty dim lights, a candle, and then like some, you know, some soft music playing, lay on the floor and kind of I, I think implement a little bit of the, the breath work sometimes and then, you know, gratitudes, which you've also uh introduced into my into my world. So yeah, and then you just kind of find yourself restless. And and so then it just, and the kind of the longer you're on tour, it's just like that schedule just keeps like nudging itself over and over um, to where, you know, like Glenn said, you find yourself sometimes waking up at one or two. Um, and then, and, you know, and then kind of getting started with whatever you need to to do for the day, um, whether it's interviews or meet and greets or then trying to fit training in there.
1: The adrenaline that you get in, uh... You know, there is some energy. Uh, and and again, like, none of us are scientists, as far as I know. But the energy that you get off people when they're singing lyrics back to you, or they're, you know, clapping and screaming, and like that energy that you get, you absorb that energy. And like, you know, we've done so many radio shows where it's been 50, 100,000 people. And it's like, at the end of that stuff, it, it, it really takes like some kind of, spiritual toll on you on everything you know like i i'm laying there in bed and i i'm the same thing just staring at my bunk and i sometimes i just stay up all night till you know nine ten the next morning before i can fall asleep you know when glenn's on the road with you
3: you're a guy who's running around stage and jumping up and down with a guitar and uh you know stage diving and i'm just playing drums and so and but the, both of those things are uh Definitely physical, but pretty different. And I think um, I think the 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 really I think one of the most beneficial things of of having Glenn um, around is realizing the uh, that there's not just sort of one formula to apply uh, universally, but but that uh, he can kind of look at each person who you know on different levels of uh, of fitness. And I think that that's when I first started boxing, kind of what I was talking about is it, it just felt like there was like a, uh, just like a, a one formula that that these other kind of boxing instructors or trainers would kind of throw at you. And it just kind of felt overwhelming and daunting. And it was just like, man, I don't think I'm where you think I am uh, at, you know, a boxing level. you you
2: know, there's, I think it's almost like in, in, in fitness with trainers, there's there's a lot of ego involved, and it's like, I know what I'm doing, I'm an expert at this thing, and I'm going to impart everything <laughs> that I know onto you, right? And you're going to do everything that I say because this is all about me, and I'm the greatest trainer. That that, that ego and that attitude, it's like, it, I see it in, in the fitness industry so much, and it's just something that I would, I just, you know, it's not me. It's like, to me, I'm, I'm the complete opposite. It's all about, you guys, and what you need to be best at doing, and how can I make that happen? And and that's goes for everybody I've ever worked with. It's like I want them to be at their best, whether they're sat at a desk all day, like taking a million calls, whether they're playing in front of hundred thousand people playing drums, like whatever you're doing, like I want you to be the best at that and feel like you're at your best. And to me, I just love that challenge of trying to trying to figure that out. It's like, okay, well, what do we need to do? to get you to that point. Um, so I just I just love the challenge of it and I, I just love the whole journey and the process of make, seeing people progress and, and and enjoying it along the way. Like, like you said earlier, Josh, like the first time we boxed, I think you said, oh, this this is fun. And that's always my mindset with every single session is like, let's have a good time. If we're training for like 40 minutes, 20 minutes, an hour, whatever it is, it's like my first priority for everybody is to just have a great time. Let's just have fun. And then the second priority is it's gotta be a great workout. And the third priority is like, we learn something or we progress along the way. So that's kind of like how I try to approach it. And I think a lot of trainers get that kind of priority list mixed up a little bit. It's like, oh, you're gonna learn from me first, right? You know, whatever, but yeah, it's just, to me, it's all about fun. Like training should be fun or else you're not gonna to wanna to do it, you know? Hit the bike, hit the bike. I remember the first time yeah. I was in the gym, Jim, you are like, go over there
1: and hit the bike. I'm like, what are you talking about? The bike?" Yeah, I'm, I'm one of the things I'm the most grateful for about Glenn is I can run again because so much of the training is about strength and strength training. And when I when I used to just work out at the gym, I just worry about like, you know, these guns here. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> and it's like when I'm with Glenn, he really like doing squats and, you know, split squats and just everything that we do like I'm able to run again because I've had four surgeries on my knees, you know, like jumping around stage. I tore my ACL um, when we had real big fish on tour with us. Uh, I, I mean, when I was on tour with no doubt, I had um, pulled two, I, I had to have two surgeries on my knees from just damage I had done from tearing, whatever that thing is, what is it? The t- p- patella? A patella? Patella tendon. Yeah. Yeah. I tore that twice. And so I had have surgeries on that. And so I was, I mean, I could barely walk upstairs. And since I've been doing all this training with Glenn, I'm able to run again. I can't, I mean, I can really, I mean, I top out about three miles before it starts getting it, but I couldn't run. I couldn't run at all. And so I'm so grateful that I'm able to run again. I remember the first time I posted that on my story, I was like on the beach. I'm like, dude, thank you, Glenn. This is awesome.
2: Yeah. That means so much to me that that that's happened. Like, you know, uh, I, I, and that was always my goal—is to like, look. You've had all these issues with your knees, but we can we can strengthen around that, and you'll be able to use them again. Trust me, you can. You know, you. I think a lot of people think like uh, that once it's it's damaged or there's been surgery on it, that it's like, okay, can't do that again. It's like, well, if we take a smart approach to this and we can like build everything back up and we're doing things properly and moving your body the way it's supposed to, then you know, we can we can get those things moving again. And the thing about fitness uh, itself, getting into
3: it, is um, that I don't know if there's a world in which it's not uncomfortable in some ways. But I think that that's the point. Um, mm-hmm. And so I think about that sometimes on kind of those early mornings where it's it, it just feels like it's a little more challenging for me. But I think that uh, the uncomfort of it has become, you know, in a in a weird way, um, a little bit Something that I look forward to, uh, just because of I just feel that much better afterward. Um, so yeah, whether it's you know you know if it's early morning or if it's just something's difficult and you know we can all sort of tend to complain or uh, or feel upset about it, but ultimately it's just kind of like that's that's sort of the point. And uh, yeah, and similarly, John, I. Um, my back has hurt, my lower back has hurt since I was like 18. I think within the last six months, that's like pretty much completely gone away. And within kind of, you know, getting, getting uh, more advanced with fitness, you just kind of learn more. So I think just kind of like pulling from other, uh, other areas and then doing things properly um, can really help with the longevity of,
2: of our bodies. Um, it's just I, I, I love working with you guys because like I think the kind of way you do one thing is I think you do most things in this in the same kind of way for for the most part I think most people operate uh like that and you every single training session you guys like push yourself to your limit you like you're there like on time and, and just like it's just you know reliable and you you work hard the entire session there's never any like Oh, I don't want to do this today, or like, oh, I don't like, I can't do that, or I can't do that, Oh, do we have to do, this? it's not, none of that, it's just like, we're here, we're on time, we're going, we're training, that whole training session from start to finish, it's like all in, foot to the floor, like in, in a, in a uh, constructive way, and um, I think that just reflects in you both of your careers, how successful you've both been too, it's like, because you're so driven and motivated to succeed, um, I feel like that is the way you are in, in training and fitness too, and I think that's across the board. It's a general pattern. It's like the, the people that I do work with that um, are successful in their careers and have, have gone on to do amazing things, they train their ass off. They're reliable. They're You know, like they're all in. And the people that aren't kind of like that are the ones that are like kind of struggling or got issues in career or relationships or whatever. It's like just kind of a general pattern, you know? So uh, yeah, I, I, I just love like... The way you approach fitness and training too, and it's you know it's easy to see why you're both so successful at what you do. Good stuff, boys. Um,
1: yeah, good stuff. Well, how, how many uh, how many computers has John Paul smashed at this point? Do you think? <laughs> oh man!
2: <laughs> Wait, where is he?
1: <laughs> he's gonna have to reset his whole. I think he's just done. I think he's <laughs> over. Well, I'm really grateful for both of you. And I'm so thankful for your time on this call. I mean, this has been, this has been the most, I know it's been the most professional thing you've ever done in your career, Josh, ever, this call.
3: <laughs> for sure. <laughs> no,
1: this is this is good. This is, uh,
3: you know, I, I think, um, I guess a final thought for me is that I, I, I do feel um, I've never been somebody that tries to like really push what i think or believe on people and i think especially when it comes to when you're talking about uh fitness or like diet there if if somebody kind of like gets into something then i feel like it's just you don't hear the end of it from that person uh <laughs> so i've i've always tried really hard to to uh you know uh, uh organically share the benefits of it uh without kind of like slamming it over people's heads and so i feel like uh, you know, this is, this is a great place to kind of just, um, talk about the benefits and how it's improved our lives. And, you know, hopefully whoever's checking this out is genuinely interested and, and, um, you can get started anywhere, whether it's just kind of like walking out your front door and taking a walk. I think that's like, that can be the beginning of, of your fitness journey or that could be the extent of it. But I think, uh, just getting movement going, um, is key, and that's uh you know i've I've found that that's really important for me, and uh I think that Glenn is just a, a wealth of information a great trainer, but is also just uh knowledgeable and and wise and spends his time kind of researching um now, you, now um, you're a supplement nerd like me <laughs> yeah uh that's yeah i I think um yeah, we could go on you know have a whole separate podcast on yeah, supplements but yeah um yeah it's but but yeah thank you glenn and 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 thanks john for getting me into it and i think it's something that i i um that has changed my life and i hope to never stop doing this it's it's just something that's uh really beneficial in so many ways
1: i admire that so much about you you know i'm I'm such a sugar addict i've got like it's like since this COVID thing started, like I've I, I've not had the cleanest diet and I've just watched you, you know, really clean your diet up almost like, I mean, in ways that I couldn't have imagined and your whole kind of, I mean, it's just shaped, you know, who you are. I mean, really. And I'm, uh, I mean, I train like, I do train, I feel like I go as hard as I can and, and, and I'm, I'm in great, I'm in the best shape I've ever been in in my life, but I just... Sugar for me is still a thing, you know, and um, I just, it's so admirable how you um, treat your body like a temple, you know, it's amazing.
3: Well, thanks, man. I I, I think uh, I I like watching back the videos of me and you training, you know, three, four years ago and seeing the the difference in form and technique. I think we just, I think we look like we know what we're doing a little bit more than we did when we started. You just, you continue to, to grow and, and, uh, and you look you look great. And I think that could be even a third podcast on diet. Um, but I, but I do think that, um, man, there's, that's just adding to a whole, whole lot of noise, but I think that, I think you do it great.
1: Yeah. Well, thank you, you know, and, and just to, to wrap up, I, I mean, we, we, we did start this podcast with the idea of the only, the only real purpose of this was to, you know, try and help people. And I know a lot of you know, like myself, I struggled a lot with depression and anxiety when I was a kid growing up. I mean, I really I really never felt like I fit in my own skin. And, you know, for me, uh, breath work, meditation, diet, and exercise have been key. And, and more than anything, I mean, anything, exercise has been the thing that has really changed the trajectory of my um, mental health issues and it's just like I feel like since I've really started training hard with Glenn I've been I mean it's really shifted that whole thing for me and I'm just so grateful for both of you guys I love you guys
2: right back at you boys thanks for uh, yeah. all the training and uh, bringing me out on the road and uh, training week in week out and all the good times we, we have in between yeah good stuff appreciate it all good chatting cool thank you I'll oh, see you tomorrow morning at seven <laughs> <laughs>